Welcome to the supersized Season 4 premiere of My Comic Shop History. I am your host, Anthony Desiato. Last season, I journeyed to comic book stores across America, speaking to the men and women behind the counter. That story is not over. It continues next in my new documentary film, My Comic Shop Country, which I'm currently very hard at work on. But in the meantime, the podcast must go on. This season, we are shifting our focus and turning our attention to another piece of the comics industry, comic conventions. For this premiere episode, I am joined by two guests. To my right, we have Dave O'Hare, one of the organizers of Garden State Comic Fest. Dave, welcome. Hey, how are you? Doing well. Thank you for being here. Glad to be here. And to my left, we have a returning guest. We have Fat Moose Comics Clerk. And what else do I want to say about you? Heart and Soul, wasn't that the... Yeah, Heart and the Soul. The designation. <laughs> there is that. Heart and Soul of Fat Moose Comics. Sean Hendricks, welcome <laughs> hey, back to the show. It's so good to be back, man. Thank you for having me. I want to thank you, Sean, because you worked very hard to create the space for us to record in. What What did you do? You worked. You went through a lot to give us this um, room here. I went through seven beers, and no, it was. I stayed late Wednesday, just to make a little spot here in the lobby where we could be comfortable, a safe space, if you will. <laughs> yeah, but what did you have to do? Because I know there there was some stuff in the way. Um, there was about four weeks worth of, of cardboard recycling from, you know, the diamond boxes and maybe six or seven bags of just regular garbage and they're hidden. It's like an Easter egg hunt for trash in here. If you can look around, you can find <laughs> random bags hiding in little spots. <laughs> so, well, I, I appreciate all it's of your not efforts. not a problem. Not a problem. So Dave, I'm really excited to learn a lot about, uh, Garden State Comic Fest. You know, the idea with this season is to speak to the different players who are part of this convention world. So each episode, right. I'm going to be talking to the different, the different players. So organizers like yourself, creators, cosplayers, fans, we have a reporter coming up, we have a publisher, uh, but I'm excited to speak to you specifically because I know there's so much that goes into the running of a show that people don't know about. You show up at a convention and you have no idea about all the little pieces that went into place uh, to bring that show to life. Uh, so I want to talk to you about that. Uh, just right off the top, though, the gar next Garden State Comic Fest is coming up uh, April... What are the dates? April 7th and 8th. It's going to be at the Showboat Hotel and Convention Center in Atlantic City. And we also have a great adventure coming up where we run a show inside the park for uh, Six Flags. That's May 27th. And, of course, our original Menon show up here in Morristown, will be July 7th and 8th. Great. So three opportunities to, yes. to go to a Garden State Comic Fest. And this is the sixth year? Five years. Five years. Okay. So you've grown a lot in a relatively short amount of time. We have grown a lot. Um, Garden State Comic Fest started off in a bar um, up in Ledgewood, New Jersey. And that started by, believe it or not, a $20 poker bet. Yes, I've heard a little bit about this. So right. I want to get to the poker game, but I know uh, prior to that, right, you had gotten into collecting original art? Original art, yes. For right. investment purposes? Investment purposes. Uh, an old friend had turned me on to original art and uh, started going to shows, started buying up the art. And I started saying, wow, the, these shows are really cool. Why, why don't we have something like this out here? And uh, another friend bet me 20 bucks. So During said, a poker game. Yeah, I said, well, I'll spend five grand to win that 20 bucks because I'm an idiot. <laughs> and uh, it turns out it actually worked out very smart in my favor because, uh, you know, we own Garden State Comic Fest now, which is the highest rated show here in New Jersey. 
That's amazing. Well, it's funny because Sean and I were talking about this ahead of time. You know, I've spoken to a lot of retailers through the course of this podcast and opening a comic book shop that that can be pretty daunting and people might consider that a little crazy. That I can kind of wrap my head around, but the idea of starting a convention from scratch, that to me, no offense, that seems crazy. Like I can't even imagine what, what goes into all of that. So how do you go from that bet to the first show? I wow. mean, where do you, I guess my, to be more specific, like, where do you start? Like once you say, okay, I'm going to do this, like what is that next step? Well, the first show actually, it was small. It was uh, 30 tables, I believe. I don't even think you came out to the first show. I don't think I even knew about it. No. Right. It was at the Quality Inn in Ledgewood, New Jersey. Okay. Uh, we had stormtroopers doing shots at a bar. Um, but it, it, basically what we did was we just reached out to a bunch of shop owners and stuff in the area, made a Facebook page and said, hey, we're going to put together a show, Cheap Tables. And it worked out. Um, social media was the only way we started it out. There had not been a show in that part of New Jersey in a long time. And I am fortunate enough because I've bought a lot of original art over the years. I know quite a few of the artists in the area. So I said, hey, could you do me a favor? They came out and uh, it was in January, a snowstorm the night before. And we ended up getting close to 600 people on this little Sunday show for a couple hours. Nobody could move up there. And uh, I actually walked out of that show making 180 bucks. I was like, wow, look at this. <laughs> well, plus the 20. Plus the 20. Because you, you won the bet. <laughs> yes. And actually, uh, the other part of that bet was the friend also had to design our logo. Oh, nice. Going forward, so. Was there an issue with the logo at some point? There was. I recall this. Can you elaborate? I can talk about it a little bit. <laughs> oh, is it? Or is, um, are you like not allowed? To... <laughs> there was a cease and desist. Oh my! So, well, uh, well, by all means, <laughs> yes. Uh, what happened was uh, originally when we started getting bigger, we we, we said uh, we we really want to pay homage to the Garden State, and one of the best emblems of the garden state i mean you know the jersey shore you know the statue of liberty giant state you know there, there's a lot of stuff here but we decided to kind of use the garden state parkway logo okay. a little bit <laughs> kind of a little bit yeah <laughs> it, it had more than 11 differences oh all right so uh we, we made sure of it but the state did not like that because they said uh they didn't want people confusing us with their toll road and you know we don't want to be confused with a toll road um so we agreed that, that would be bad for us because who wants to be on a toll road well you also don't want people driving past the con chucking quarters at you i wouldn't mind that <laughs> oh well okay <laughs> depends on how many quarters <laughs> those could add up that's not a bad idea <laughs> So, and actually, yeah, uh, speaking of you, Sean, so you've attended how many of the, the Garden State Comic Fests? Two. It would have been three, if not for Matthew's unfortunate accident. Yes, which we talked about in, on in the our episode, episode that you were on last season. <clears throat> um, but Dave, being a stand-up guy, actually hooked me up with like a VIP swag bag. Do you remember that? Yeah. yeah. And the it was a signed Hildebrandt print, and then a second print. They were all hanging proudly on the wall. Nice. And I still use the Garden State Comic Fest tote bag. Nice, nice. To get back and forth to the store, I throw my stuff in there. My girlfriend calls it my man purse. There you go. <laughs> I go, it's a tote bag. Yes. 
It is very manly. He was uh, showing it off to me earlier. <laughs> which, it has served me quite well. Which color tote do you have? It's the black one. The black one. Yeah. Is that rare? Is that a variant? Just that is how it is. Can I sell actually, it? Is that <laughs> has the old logo on it. Is that really that the illegal logo? That is the illegal oh, logo. Man. The illegal variant. Um, you nice. Hang on to that. Right on I, eBay. I do have one of the new purple ones. With you? Yes, it's in the car. So not I, for I long. That You're for gonna you. bring that in here. Right. That's <laughs> Why, thank you. Those sir. don't even go out till Atlantic City. Oh, so. I'm gonna be ahead of the curve. Yes. Nice. So now, as I said at the top, you are one of the organizers. Who who do you work with? Uh, my partner in crime on this is Sal Zorzolo. In relation to Vincent of Metropolis Collectibles. Older brother. Gotcha. I figured as much. Oh, look at you. <laughs> you oh, got yeah. this down. Did your homework, huh? <laughs> uh, yes, well. Yeah, a little, little comic book mafia there. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you uh, get connected with him? Uh, believe it or not, I've played poker with Sal for years. Oh, okay. And at the time of the first one, when I made this bet, and I went, oh, crap, now I actually have to put together a show, Sal reached out to me, and he goes, hey, I like doing this stuff. And... I'm between jobs right now, so you want me to help out? And I said, yeah, sure. So uh, he helped out a little bit. So that's how we got a little extra oomph for that first show uh, because, you know, his brother. And uh, after the first show, I said, you know what? This is the beginning of something really great. Let's make it into an actual business. And uh, we became partners. That's very cool. Now, you said you got into collecting original art. Were you a comic book fan prior to that? I was a comic book fan growing up, obviously. Uh, I grew up in Rockaway. Uh, I met Joe Kubert at a very young age. My uh, doctor's office as a kid was right across the street from the Kubert School. Oh, so very my cool. mom took me over there. First, episode, first issue I ever had was G.I. Joe number five. But I loved comics. I loved everything about them. But I, I did get away from it for a long time. And when the original comic art came back up to me... That was, uh, okay, this is an investment. This is not, I don't want to be collecting, so to speak. And I've bought lots of original art. I have so many gorgeous pieces, and I can't sell any of them. Really? Yeah. <laughs> you could give some away. It's just I've got a, wall space. Yeah, it's become a black <laughs> hole for me. Um, Has I, the market I, for it dried up that much? No. Oh, no, no. He, he can't oh, part with I, it. I yeah. love it. It's, um, that that uh, is the problem. I, he's a hoarder now. Yeah, so you can't, you, you can't bear to part with it. Yes. I see. Okay. It's, it's really bad because th this was supposed to be investments, and now, now it's just. I walk past it and well, look at it on my wall. I go, damn you, but I love you. And you know. What percentage of your collection of original art is framed and displayed as opposed to stuff that, in portfolios and hidden away? And I'd say maybe 10% of it is framed and displayed. And the rest is in portfolios? Portfolios. Some of it is even <clears throat> protected more than that. I mean, how many pieces, like roughly, are we talking? Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> Especially over the years with the shows, too, because I, I do get a lot of gifts and stuff at the shows, which those I can't sell because, well, first off, you know, they, they were a gift. They, they meant something coming to me. Um, I don't know, 1,500 oh, original geez. pieces. Really? 
that's something. And your address is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if you just put the paper out, it would be about this tall. Wow. <laughs> I do think it's great, though, that you use those purchases to you know cultivate the relationships with artists and then oh, get them course. to come to the show. So who were some of those artists who came to that first that first edition of Garden State? Oh, wow. You were really making me go back here. And uh, I've had like 12 concussions, so it takes a little time here. <laughs> but uh, let's see. Charles Paul Wilson. Uh, he does Stuff a Legend, uh, Wraith. He worked on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He, he's been all over the place for IDW. Uh, he was there. Uh, Tom Rainey. Sure. Hey, our is, pal Tom Rainey. Right. My close personal here. friend, Tom Rainey. <laughs> he was out there. Uh, Rags Morales, Christopher Ivy, Paris Cullens, and a lot more. <laughs> but um, th those to be are named ones later. that are popping into my head right now. <laughs> right. So for that first show, you got the space. You reached out to those artists. You had uh, dealers there. We well. had dealers there. Uh, Zap. We know Zap very well. Zap was there. Um, Good guys. He bought a space. He had no clue what he was even getting into. And uh, we had quite a few of the local shops and stuff that set up there. And they were just amazed at how well they did because it was a totally different clientele that we brought in. Uh, e even as the show has progressed, a lot of them say, these are not people that we normally see on the car comic circuit. So I, I don't know where you're getting these people from, but... These people love this stuff. Well, that's great value for the stores it, to be able is. to get new customers like that. Where are you getting these people from? <laughs> I have no clue. <laughs> uh, but it's just the way we market. Um, we do market out to, uh, we are a very family-friendly event, and we try to stay that way. But we are very uh, comic-centric. We love that. We love the creators. So we are getting people that don't attend a lot of other conventions. So it's kind of like an exclusive audience for Garden State. It's actually the only one I go to every year. Right. That's it. I can't be bothered with New York and any of that. It's just, it's too and crazy. We have a lot of people like that. So they save up for that show specifically. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, I haven't had the opportunity to go to one of them previously. I hope to make it out to the July one, though. Okay. Uh, but that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have Sean on here, because he has that first-person perspective as an attendee. Has Zap ever... Uh, Zap? <laughs> you bastard. I'm sorry. <laughs> Has Fat Moose ever gone as a vendor? To Actually, me? yes. Uh, was it three years ago, four years ago, um, when Scott owned the store? Because he also owned Highlander. So he bought two spots. and He, he set had up a, twice. Yeah, he had a zap. Uh, see, now you got me. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, ben, ben, Ben's going to love this when he hears it. Hi, Ben. You're welcome. No, so it was a Fat Moose slash Highlander setup. But the problem is now at the store, it's just two of us. So if one of us goes to the, the con, you got one guy there. Now let's say you got to go to the bathroom or something. You got nobody to watch your table because you need somebody here at the store. And um, I was just telling Dave earlier, it actually, the con being right in Morristown, it's 10 minutes or less from us. We actually get a sales bump those days because people leave the con and they're like, oh, you know what? There's a comic shop not too far from here. So we actually do see a little bump. I would love to attend as a vendor. It, it's do, just beyond our means currently. Gotcha. Maybe in the future, you know. Well, the bathroom thing is a cop-out. Well, I mean, because yeah, sure. You I can will, get an empty Snapple bottle and I improvise, I guess. I will provide you <laughs> with a volunteer. Oh, really? To come in and watch your booth. I didn't know that. Yes. We, we do it for all the vendors and artists. If wow. somebody has to go to the bathroom or something, we will watch their stuff. And and would I get a purple bag? 
Yes, you would. Oh, crap. This deal keeps getting better. Yeah. I mean, what more do you All want? All right. Next year. Okay. I'm going to try to make it happen next year. It's a little late for this year, obviously. So, Dave, so you had that first show, and then did you move to the Men in Arena for year two, or did that come later? Well, year one, we actually had two shows. Okay. Uh, we had the January, which was the beta test, so right, to right, speak. Right. Um, and then we were out of space after that first show. So we actually moved to the Hyatt in Morristown. We took over the hotel, and we ran out of space. And that was in August of the 2014, same year. Uh, so the following year, we moved to Menon Arena. We took up one rink. The show was, I'd say, about 40,000 square feet that year. We ran out of space. <laughs> so then we went to two rinks and the hallways and everything else. So the show was just under 100,000 square feet. And we ran out of space. <laughs> So now we have moved the show to Atlantic City to be the flagship show where right. I have over a quarter of a million square feet of space. So I, I can grow in finally. Um, but we are continuing to do the Morristown show because the Morristown show, it's where we started. It's, it's our bread and butter. The fans have supported us over the years. So we, we don't want to take that. And we love doing it. So uh, that show will be back this year. Um, it's been consolidated back to the single rink, and its focus is going to be creators and comics. So maybe a celebrity, one or two. But. Well, yeah, I want to get into to guests and all of that, but I mean, just hearing you talk about that, um, you know, it's funny, in talking to the retailers, you know, I worked at a comic book store for a long time, so I at least had some insight into this. You know, the running of a convention is really very foreign to me because I've never had that experience specifically but it seems smart to do it the way you did where you know you expanded when you know there was a need for it and you were able to as opposed right. to starting too big and you know having too Fizzling much space and, right 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 so I mean it seems like that's made sense and served you well oh it has and uh, it, the best way to describe running a show honestly and uh, I say this in a lot of interviews and stuff but it's like planning a wedding for 10,000 people that's what it is because you have to set the date you have to invite the guests you know everything's got to come together you got to get your banquet manager your venue all that and uh then you start going nuts because so-and-so doesn't like so-and-so so they can't sit next to each other and this guy can't be near this guy because you know he stole his pencil 10 years earlier <laughs> um and, and this stuff actually happens so you, you work it all out, you get closer, you're ready to just cancel the whole thing because everybody's just being a pain in the butt. And then you go through it, it's a blur, and you go to Facebook to look to see how your convention did because all you can do <laughs> is live in the pictures afterwards. So about, about 10,000, is that how many you see at the uh, Morristown show? Uh, the Morristown show last year, we had about 7,200. Gotcha. Real attendees. And the year before, we did 76. So okay, we're, we're holding our numbers pretty good. So in deciding like what type of show you want it to be, I mean, I mean, how are you making these decisions? Are you, did you go to a bunch of other shows before your first one to kind of see what, what you liked and what you didn't? I went to a lot of shows, like I said, where, where I met these artists and stuff. But I looked at what I didn't like about shows. I hate standing in line. 
I hate paying a huge amount of money to get in the door to see stuff I don't like. So when we did this, uh, I want Garden State really has a lot of our own personality in it and our likes in it as fans on top of the other thing. Um, so it's, uh, you know, it, it really, our heart and soul is in it to build it. And, uh, but yeah, it, I try to keep lines very short for people. How? That's impossible, well, yeah, honestly. Because as you were saying it, it's like, yeah, I hate waiting in line too. Right. It's like, how do you, how do you try to cut down? Well, like when you go to a bigger show, um, when you're trying to get in in the morning, you know, that, that line wraps around the block, New York yeah. Comic Con. They heard going. you like cattle. Right. So one of our big things, which I saw in Boston, was what they did was they came out earlier and they started scanning people in line and wristbanding them and going down. So when the doors opened, everybody just got to go in. So it wasn't, okay, I'm going to wait in line and now I get to wait in another line. Did it look like a Black Friday sale where everybody just pours in and mess? It does. <laughs> and and a lot of the vendors love it, too, because it, it is like that, where, where the doors open, it's just, ah, you know, everybody yeah. walks in. Um, we, we've done tickets where, you know, if we bring in a major guest that is going to have a huge line, we will give out, you know, tickets saying, you know, this number to this number come in at this time, this number to this number come in at this time. We learned that from George Perez over the years because that's how he does it at the major shows, yeah. and it works. Um, so we, we've taken a lot of this stuff and tried to put it into Garden State. Uh, we make the aisles wider. So we sell less space, but fans are more comfortable. Uh, one of the big complaints, and uh, I love cosplay, but a lot of fans complain that, you know, they stop to take pictures they they block up the aisles sure and it's not just them everybody stops to take pictures but uh so we made the aisles a little wider and at menon we're allowed to offer cosplay on ice where i let all the cosplayers go into another ice rink and go ice skating for an hour huh. where they you're not going to find that at any other con no, <laughs> it was the worst best idea i ever had <laughs> So, yeah, you get to see them fall on their faces and everything. Uh, <laughs> our, uh, one of the uh, girls that worked for us, my, uh, Danielle Pearson, yeah, she, she took a dive last year, ended up with a fat lip, but it was pretty funny. We got it on tape. And uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, but that takes them off the show floor for a little while. Plus, our venues, we try to make sure they're in a very park setting so they can go outside. They can have fun, uh, not sitting in a parking structure. Right. Yeah, that that's the sense. thing at the Menon. There's a lot of landscape outside. There's yeah. trees and grass, and you'll see people just lounging outside, sitting down, having a picnic, and taking pictures, hanging from trees. You know? Right. And it's not only that, but you, you have the park, like, but also because it is an ice rink, you have that industrial in the back with the yeah. pipes and, you know, where the ice comes in and everything. So it, it gives cosplayers lot, a couple different settings. A lot of photo ops, yeah. 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 Well, that, no, that that makes a lot of sense. Um, Taking away all my secrets here. 
<laughs> wow. <laughs> no, well, that's cool though that you have a venue where you're able to do something like that. It's just common sense, really. And then you've already started to touch on this a bit in terms of you know talking about how the show is very comic centric. But is there anything beyond that as far as what like culture you were striving for with the show and like what kind of flavor you wanted to have? Hmm. That's an interesting question. You stumped them. Or I yeah. guess maybe for you, like, maybe this could even be a better question for Sean. Like, the, the result of, like, when you go, like, what kind of feel does it does it create with it you? It feels like the con I used to go to at the Hotel of Pennsylvania back in the day. Or even at the, uh, was it the Holiday Inn in Wayne way back? Before okay. I had a driver's license, my mom would drop me off with, like, 30 bucks and go, you know, pick. The old Carbo pick. JP shows. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's about the comics. It's about the creators. And it's cool that there's some celebrities and stuff, but that's not why I go. I don't go to a con and pay 20 bucks to get in, to wait in a line for three hours, to meet some celebrity who's going to go, nice to meet you, sign something, charge me 20 bucks for that. And that, you know, I like to go to a con to experience every facet of it. Um, I, I've gone to the San Diego con twice over the years, way back. And uh, there are panels you want to go to and things, but you have to plan them out and everything. And, and you guys have panels and... You guys have the costume contest, which is we great. Do. And you have those outside at the Menin, right? Usually. We did one year. We had it outside in a tent in the parking lot. How'd that work out for you? Not too good. <laughs> uh, it, it was 98 degrees with like 90% well, humidity. It's July. What did yeah. you expect? <laughs> so, what we ended up doing is when we took over the two rinks, we cordoned off a section of the Heroes rink so we can actually use the arena seats. Ah. And we just put a stage in that faces up there now. Well, that's the thing. It, it's about, you know, then there's cosplay and there's celebrities, but the core of the Garden State Comic Fest is is comics and creators and fans of those creators and those comics. You go to the New York Con, and I can't fault them. I mean, they've built an empire. But you ask the people there, and there's 10% of them like, oh, yeah, I read comics. The rest are just there for the spectacle. They're there to cosplay. They're there to meet some B or C list celebrities, and or wait in line for ten hours to for three seconds meet an A list celebrity. It, that's not why I go to those. Four hundred and fifty bucks to meet Sylvester Stallone. You know? Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, wait a minute. Anthony's a huge Rocky I, fan. I'm oh. a huge Rocky fan. <laughs> I love Stallone. I've derived a tremendous amount of inspiration over the years. I tr I truly have. When they announced that he was going to be at that show and and charging that, um, you know, a bunch of people were like, "Oh, you should do it." And he sold out. He. Yeah, I mean, I, I was like not one of Like he needs the money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, first of all, that's that's more than I would want to spend on something like that. that oh, of course. To me, that's not worth it. But also, you know, the, the whole don't meet your heroes thing. It's like, I I don't know that I would want to meet him because on the hopefully he's great in real life. But in case he's not, <laughs> like, I really don't want anything to sour the experience that I've had watching the Rocky movies and loving them so much. So it's like, I'll, I'll admire from afar. I don't necessarily need to meet him, and I really don't need to meet him for five hundred dollars. Right, right. You know, if it was five hundred bucks and I got like a like a lunch with him, oh sure, that's I would do that. Yeah. You get a back <laughs> rub, whatever. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know that would be something else. But <laughs> so yeah, meeting your heroes, yeah, that, it's it's dicey, and I would imagine. Dave, after doing this for so many years, you've met a lot of your heroes. I have. So which ones are jerks? I'm not going <laughs> to. Ah, oh, darn it. <laughs> Have another beer and then I'll ask that question again. But but no. there are, you know, <laughs> you, you do run into some that uh, are not what you expected them to be. Uh, be it a bad day they are having, um, obviously, 
Uh, there's a lot of stress on their side, and I'm not just, you know, most people say, oh, celebrities, artists, you know, uh, how hard can their life be? They have this money. It really is. Um, I started seeing it with Garden State, like, at any show I go to now. And I'm not saying I'm popular. I'm not saying, you know, any anything like that. I like that. you. Well, thank you. But <laughs> I just it, met you, but I'm a fan. Right. <laughs> um, but I walk in the door... I can't get more than 10 feet without someone stopping me and saying, hey, what's going on with this? What's going on with that? Um, Sal is lucky. Sal can still maneuver it a little bit. Our GM, Evan, well, nobody knows him, so he, he can really get our stuff done. But uh, I get stopped a lot. And uh, it's really cool. It's humbling. It, it's a great feeling to have these people stop me and go, what's going on? You know, Can you tell me something that you haven't announced yet? And I'm always there to give them a little something. But uh, at the same time, I could see, like, if you're a movie star, and if that's happening to me, it's got to be a hundred times worse. So could, could you imagine being in a place where y you can't move and a thousand people standing there to meet you that have all loved you their entire life? And that's got to be a little tough. Well, let me tell you how it is for me. Norman, <laughs> Norman Reedus got bit. I mean, what? Yeah, Some, at your con? No, no, at Walker Stalker. So, somebody somebody bit actually him? bit him. I mean, it fits the theme, right? Technically, yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, I've thought about that though. You know, uh, this idea of like Comic Con fame, because it's like if you're a creator, for example, you know, you, you might get recognized within the halls of a convention. Sure, but when you leave. Generally speaking, unless you're like one of the top, or like Robert Kirkman, who's on Talking Dead, like people might recognize him. Sure. But a lot of these guys can go about their their day. But these, you know, television and movie stars, it's like that's all the time for them. Oh, I, I'll be honest. Uh, last year at New York Comic Con, I geeked out. I saw Kirkman uh, in Artist Alley. He was just walking around. I was like, oh, that's Rob Kirkman. Sure. So of course I did. You bite him? No, no. Oh, but I did walk him. up and I go, hey, uh, you know, I'm Dave. Garth, Dave <laughs> Do you Comic know who Garth. I am? <laughs> can I get a picture with you? And he was like, yeah, sure. So we, we go to take a picture, and because we're taking a picture, other people start noticing him. Oh. Then they're handing me their cameras to take pictures with him. And he's looking at me, and I was just like, yeah, this is your problem. You sunk his battleship. Yeah. <laughs> I have no fame in New York City. I'm good. I'm walking away. So, so you know, Sean was asking about, like, difficult people. You, you deal with a lot of people, right? Sure. So you're dealing with creators and vendors and your celebrity guests and, of course, all of the attendees and yes. the venue. So, it, I mean, there, there's a lot at play there. Um, in terms of like handling personalities, um, have there ever been in instances where, you know, someone's come, like an attendee has come up to you and said, so-and-so either was rude to me or didn't do what they were supposed to do. And you have to go over and kind of handle that. Oh, of course. Of course. It happens a lot. We've had attendees that have come up to me and said, uh, wow, you know, I ordered a commission eight months ago at your show and I haven't gotten it. So, you know, I, I will shoot out which artists get busy, you know? Right. There's no line of when that's going to be ready. Um, we've never had any problems with any of the celebrities that we bring into Garden State. Uh, we make sure of that because of uh, we, we try to really vet them to make sure they're great with their fans. And every celebrity we have brought into Garden State has been phenomenal with his fans. Or her fans. <laughs> I feel like there's there's more here. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, let me let me first ask. So, how do you vet them? Like, do you call around to other convention we, we organizers? Do. Uh, actually, I'm I'm good friends uh, with a lot of promoters in the area. Um, we talk with uh, Mike Carbonaro out of New York. Uh, we we do talk with. Uh, read pop every once in a while but not very often because we're like little guys and but they're they're awesome i mean they are the giant yeah they're uh, good guys, mitch yeah. halleck out of terrific con oh, i mean i'm facebook friends with mitch halleck yeah he seems a, like a nice fella <laughs> he is a wonderful guy actually. i don't know if i've ever met him in person but through the magic of the internet I yes feel like i kind of know him yes he's great uh great philly uh which is another great show in the area uh christopher wertz is the owner down there and we, we do talk to each other. We bounce ideas off each other. Uh, I'm really looking forward to his show this year. Uh, I'm not big on bringing in celebrities, but his show, he, he really gets great ones in there. So uh, I'm looking forward to that one myself. So who are, the, who are some of the celebrities that you have? I know one of them is Dean Cain. I want to ask you about him. because I, So I'm a huge Superman fan. For me, Smallville is, is number one. It made a huge impression on me. But I'm also a big Lois and Clark fan as well. Uh, and I know you've had Dean Kane at a number of shows, right? We had him last year at the Morristown show, and he will also be there this year at the Great Adventure show. So what? What's Dean Kane like? Dean Kane is one of the nicest guys you will ever meet. He's on all the time. I mean, there there is no off button. Yeah, for you him. know, I was that's something I was going to ask about because, like, when these guys or girls, you know, they're on the convention floor, they're shaking hands, they're signing autographs, they're taking photos. They are on, like, they're working. Yes. But like, do you get the opportunity to see them when they're and really like have a genuine interaction when they're not in that mode? Some of them we do, um, but and like I said, for the most part, all of them, e even in that mode, have been great. Right. Um, Dean was phenomenal, uh, e even in the green room last year because. Uh, we had a couple vendors and stuff try to sneak in, and he, he still took photos with them. He, he, he was really good to everybody. Nice. Uh, John Wesley Ship, The Flash. Sure. He is phenomenal. And last year, he did our great adventure show and the Morristown show. This year, it's Dean's turn. But uh, he, he is just so great with his fans. Lauren Lester was phenomenal. Um he would sit there talk about Nightwing. He 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 does Q and A's. He answers anything. So yeah, they, they were all great last year. Do you, have you met any of these uh, celebrity guests at these shows? No, I I lurked a bit. <laughs> well, you had Dean Kane sitting right next to John Wesley Ship, more or less. Yes. So I kind of hung out in the area and I watched them, um, and how they interacted with people. I judged them from afar. Okay. And they both seemed very nice. They and interact also with each other. No, they were set next to each other, but not directly next to each other, you know, because you need space for people to come in and out and sure. whatnot. They, they did take <clears throat> Superman Flash pose. Yes, uh, yes, the race, the, the race. race uh, and also John Wesley Shipp, he did a Q&A panel, didn't he? Or He did. Okay. I watched that on YouTube. And it was so, good. so did Lauren Lester. That one I did not watch yet on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, for anybody curious to get a, a general idea of what the vibe is there you guys have a lot of videos up don't you on your facebook page and on we do we have well, so many videos. why don't you try promoting that there sir <laughs> go to see garden state comic fest there on go. facebook yeah, go to the uh, facebook page there's a lot of content it's good stuff it, it is and I, i'm actually in charge of the facebook page so all that content goes through me there's a Facebook post I wanted to ask you about, and feel uh -oh. free to say as much or as little about this as you want. But just, I did something. Okay. No, no, no. All, all good. But just bear with me as I set this up here. Uh, so there was a post uh, mid-January that said, 
due to recent events not associated with Garden State Comic Fest, we wanted to make our values clear to all of our fans. And then it went on from there. Correct me if I'm wrong, I believe this was in response to a situation going on with East Coast Comic Con, another Jersey show. The organizer of that, on his personal Facebook page, he posted that um, he was not having Hercules Kevin Sorbo at the show because Sorbo is friends with Sean Hannity. And there was a huge backlash to that, and a lot of people said, oh, he banned him because of his political beliefs. Whether that was the case or not, there was that backlash. So um, I guess my, my question was, you know, why, why did you feel you needed to do that? And then what were those values that you wanted to put forth that, so that people knew? Well, at the time, yes, something did happen with another show in New Jersey. Um, and the reason we felt that we had to make that post was we started seeing comments on social media that all Comic-Cons were starting to judge people and do this stuff. So, uh, you know, I, I talked to my partner and I said, listen, we, we have to let people know. We, we don't care who you are. Right. If you're a fan uh, of comics, it doesn't matter, you know, color, creed, race, uh, political beliefs, nothing. We, we, we don't care. You know, you're welcome. Come in, celebrate comics with us. This is a fest. Um, yeah, we just want your money. We're good. (laughs) So, uh, but that, that's, that's what that post was about. And we, we wanted to just make sure we set ourselves apart and not get pulled down a rabbit hole, so to speak. You know, we're not about politics. We're, we're about Superman, Captain America. You know, we, we want people to have a great time. Just go out and have fun. Do you get to experience your own convention? Because I know it's the same thing, like you, you, you likened it to weddings. And a lot of people say, you, know, you say, how was your wedding? And they go, I, don't, I have no idea. You it tell was. me, how was my wedding? Right. So is that for you with the con? Do you, do you get a moment to really sit back and, and soak it in and... and revel in your accomplishments or is it just a blur i try i i really do try and uh evan and sal will tell you i'm really good at this because i know all the secret passageways and the <laughs> cubby holes i will disappear i will turn off the radio for a little bit <laughs> and uh especially at menon i will go up into the catwalks and just look down and watch it for a little oh, that bit. was you up there yes i thought the place was haunted I, I will sit up there and just watch for a little Shoot while. Shoot spitballs at people. And yeah. <laughs> um, I, I also like to go out uh, in the morning, the VIPs before they come in. You know, we collect the VIPs in one area. I go out and personally introduce myself and meet each and every one of them that supported us. You know, they paid a lot of money for a ticket. Sure. They deserve a little extra. And without that money, we couldn't bring in some of the guests that we do. I will walk the line in the morning, thanking people for coming out. Um, the one year we did have a guy complain to me in the line. It was about 30 seconds after 10 o'clock and the doors did not open (laughs) and he went off (laughs) and, uh, he goes, they're not open. I get, and I, I sat there with him. I said, Oh, I know, I know. (laughs) <laughs> I, I like go, that's, that's this, terrible. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Who runs know? this, this <laughs> crap <charge> show? <laughs> you, you, you paid to get in here 30 seconds ago. And it's Randall and Clerks. He's like, I hate when I can't rent my movies. <laughs> yeah, I, I went through this whole thing with him and he goes, well, can you do something about this? And I said, no, I'm just a volunteer. Nothing I can do. So uh, I go, but when you get inside, ask for Dave O'Hare, Salzer, Zolo. They're the owners. And maybe they'll, you know, work on that for you tomorrow. And he was like, oh, okay, thanks. And, you know, I walked away and I heard somebody laughing and they were like, what, what's so funny? And he's like, that was one of the owners. 
And that's how we met. No. (laughs) (laughs) This season of My Comic Shop History is brought to you in part by Undiscovered Realm in White Plains, New York. UR has the biggest selection of Funko Pops around, with more than a thousand in stock, starting at only $5 each, as well as a large selection of rare, high-end, and exclusive Pops. UR also hosts daily card game and video game tournaments, and sets up at dozens of comic conventions across the country. Check out Undiscovered Realm in person or online, and be sure to tell them Desi Westside sent you. This episode is also sponsored by Lightning House Comics, a new store that's currently in the works in Cincinnati, Ohio. There's a GoFundMe campaign happening right now to help make the store a reality. Campaign organizer Cameron Glover says that his store will encourage inner-city kids to read, donate books to local libraries, hospitals, and senior homes, sponsor field trips, employ young entrepreneurs and people with disabilities, and support neighboring businesses. Be sure to check out the campaign, and best of luck to this new store. So as far as uh, how long it takes you, like how long are you working on a show before before it happens? I mean, is it a little more like a year-round thing? A little downtime? Um, we finish up a show. And actually, we're, we're usually working on the next show before we even have the show. Um, like right now, we're, we're already starting to work on Atlantic City 2019. So, yeah, I want to talk a bit about booking guests. Yes. Uh, I guess my first question is deciding, you know, who, who to invite. I mean, what, you know, where, what's the starting point for that? And then also, how do you balance your personal taste with what you feel needs to be there for the show and the attendees generally? Because I imagine that there might be a little tension there sometimes. I feel like I, there would be for me if I were planning a oh, show. Oh, of course there is. Uh, th- there's a lot of stuff out there that I absolutely despise. But I'm in the minority, and the fans love it, so it- it's got to be done. Like what? Uh, <laughs> yeah, come on, go dark. <laughs> I don't like, uh, you know, some of the TV shows. I-, I think Arrow has been over for a couple years. Uh, but fans like it. Uh, never was a fan of Agents of Shield. Hey, hey, hey! Come on now. Sorry, <laughs> you're you're alone at this table. My I friend. yeah. Oh, come on, guys! It's a good show. <laughs> <laughs> I I never got into it. I I tried watching it the first season, and it was just. So, they say it's gotten better. Have you tried it on weed? No. <laughs> no. Well, there you go. Yeah, this is a family-friendly show, as is Garden State Comic Fest. Yes. So. I was just quoting a movie, that's all, that's all. <laughs> no, but you know, I ask, because, uh, again, bringing back to the, you know, the comic shop side of this, like, I was never into gaming at right. all. So it's like, if I were to open my own store, it's like, yeah, I'd probably need to carry magic. I probably wouldn't be super excited about it, but I, I would need to do that because there are people who are going to come in looking for it. So, oh, I, you know. I know nothing about gaming. Uh, yeah, no, I'm just saying, yeah, right. But our, you know, our GM... He plays D&D. We have people on our staff that know this stuff. You're not going to get me to cosplay, but we do have a cosplayer on staff. Actually, uh, our director of guest relations is one of the best Harley Quinns in the country. Uh, She's actually on our billboard right now. Which version of Harley Quinn? Bruce Tone. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, Uh, the classic. The the real, the quote-unquote real Harley Yes. She (laughs) will not do the... Suicide Squad, right. dumpster fire, Harley Quinn. Yeah, no, okay. But anyway, so then how? So how are Sorry. you? No, it's all good. Uh, so with with creators and the celebrity guests, so how are you deciding who to reach out to? Well, uh, we start big, you know, 
I want this person. I want that. I want Sylvester Stallone, you know, and then we look at the prices and then we go, okay, we're not getting Sylvester Stallone. Um, and then we reach out to a bunch of them. And now are you reaching out to them, to, to their through representatives? Through agents, through reps. Uh, how do you, is there a central like directory of these? Like, how are you even finding the reps? Ah. <sighs> You know what? Uh, See, this is a st- this is where I get like I, I nerd out a bit because I love like this behind the scenes stuff and the mechanics of it. Because again, just the side of it that you don't always like. You go to a show and someone's there, but it's like, well, how did you get them there? Right. Well, actually, it, I'll be honest. A, a lot of it you steal from other shows. <laughs> um, you go in there and you go, oh, look at that, so and so's here. His agent's got to be here. Let's okay. find him. Okay. So uh, you know we do it that way, but uh, that's how we got John Wesley Ship last year. I found out who his agent was, but, uh, no, you, you can find this stuff online. If you can't find it online, I, I go through other promoters. We, we do work together. Um, and then there's each of these guys have five, six reps out there that books them for shows. And the secret is trying to figure out which ones are the good ones and which ones are the bad ones. Like bad, is it not not legit? Like they're not actually the rep, or they, they some are the of them rep, are but... not legit. Okay. Some of them are, uh, you know, they'll try to hit you up for a lot more than needed to get the deal done. So uh, you know, a, a lot of it is uh, just talking to friends and getting the referrals. Right, and then so how how does this work when you say like they're a lot? So like you're paying to fly them out and put them up, and then you're they're also getting a fee to appear. Well. Uh, yeah, a lot of people do not get into this, especially on radio or blogs or podcasts. Do it. All right, I will. (laughs) Um, everybody deserves to get paid for what they do. Okay. Uh, for instance, if you bring in a celebrity guest, uh, some of them do get an appearance fee, but other ones do get a guarantee. Okay. And the way the guarantee works is... I want, I have to make X amount of dollars to make this weekend profitable for me to be at your show. I charge this much for an autograph, this much for a photo, this much for a voiceover, uh, this much for, you know, dinner, uh, whatever it might be. So that number has to add up to that X number by the end of the uh, weekend. If it's not, the show is on the hook for the difference. Gotcha. Okay, so you're not and paying them something up front, but if they don't make what they're expecting to make through those f- photos and autographs, then you're you're making that right. Up. But again, a lot of promoters out there are not the nicest people in the world. Um, where you know, promoters, come on, it, it, just the word it sounds a little sleazy, <laughs> but uh, some of these people have been screwed before over the years. So when you start getting into bigger names where these guarantees could be a hundred thousand quarter of a million, um, that money has to be paid up front. It's usually put in escrow. Okay. To make sure because they, they're not walking away without their money. Right. Like I know just as an example, like the walking dead cast, like I know sure. a lot of them, like they're, they're, I mean, I would imagine their guarantees are probably very high. Yes. Yeah. And then if they make, if they go above their guarantee, they, that's just theirs. They keep yeah. it. Yeah, it's their money. Wh- which the show is fine with that because right. I made my, it, more people came through Yeah, it's the a door. draw for them to, right. f- you know, for, for people to come to the show to see. But them. if I don't promote it correctly or if you pick the wrong guest, well, then you're on the hook for a lot of money. Right. 
So, yeah, I mean, I imagine it must be difficult, especially if there is a promoter who's, you know, or representative that's kind of on the shadier side. There, there's been a couple. Uh, you hear stories all over the country of uh, people that have put together shows and then they didn't pay the guests. Right. And, you know, oh, but I'm a corporate, I'm going out of business and, you know, other shows because they do need to be paid up front. Um, last minute going into a show. Personally, I feel this is why you see a lot of cancellations at the last minute. Okay. Because they didn't get their money. Well, isn't it always pneumonia or exhaustion when, when a guest says, oh, yes. they're not going to be appearing. Oh, he's, just, he's just, Scheduling conflict. Scheduling conflict. There you go. <laughs> right. And I, between you and I, I think it's, he didn't have my money. Well, yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> right. So, so that's why, like, if you're a fan going to a show, and you're like, oh, why do I have to pay $30 for a photo? Well, that's right. why. Right, and, and people say that all the time. Like, oh, you know, I had a, I, I felt bad. I, I had a guy on Facebook that wrote in, uh, you know, where do I get off charging $30 for a one-day pass? Nice way to look out for the uh, working man and his family. And it, it kind of hurt me to read that because, first off, Garden State's not, it's a mid-level size show. It's not a big show. And uh, I would say Garden State now costs about a quarter of a million dollars to put on. And a lot of that money is based on the attendance and everything. So $30 for a quarter of a million dollar product is not bad. Uh, Also, we don't charge kids. Right. We're oh, one of right. the only that. conventions out there that one, and for Atlantic City, it's thirteen and under are free. Yeah, I mean, that was a good deal. Find that's, a, kudos you, on that, man. That's amazing. Find another show that's going to do that. I mean, I'm letting in half my audience for free because we want families to be able to bring out their kids. We want that next generation of fan, right? You know, it's like yeah. heroin. You, Get them hooked young and yes, kids. You know. yeah. <laughs> the Comic Con is just like heroin. <laughs> do you find uh, do attendees think that you are setting the prices for an autograph or a photo? Do you ever run into that? Sometimes they do. Yeah, yeah. and uh, but we don't talk about that stuff in public, also, right? Because uh, you know it, that's the business side of it, right? And then in terms of, you know, it costs a quarter of a million to put on the show. So, I mean, obviously, you know, booking the guests, again, flying them out, putting them up at hotel. There must be so much legwork, like, handling all that. My partner this weekend just booked $10,000 worth of hotel rooms. That's just hotel rooms. Do any, you don't have to, I mean, I would love specifics, but you don't have to give specifics, but are there any crazy uh, riders or other requirements that uh, guests will, will ask for? We haven't run into anything too nutty. Um, it's because you haven't booked me yet. <laughs> <laughs> We've had a couple, you know. Uh, just, he'll just give him a tote bag. He'll be happy. Right. A purple tote bag. I'm going home happy, <laughs> yeah, folks. Happy. That's it. Uh, but no, no. It, it, we, we run into the normal stuff. Uh, you know, somebody wants to do a panel. Somebody wants, you know, to do this. They They will only be out there this many hours or... You know, it, a standard contract. There's nothing. Right. We, we've never gotten the green M&M guest yet. Gotcha. So. <laughs> Speaking of panels, I'm going to throw this out there. If you ever need someone to moderate a Dean Kane panel, I would be there in a heartbeat. Just, okay. Just saying. Uh, or, or moving forward, a, a Tom Welling <clears throat> panel. 
Listen, if you ever get Tom Welling, yeah, please <laughs> let me know. <laughs> we tried. Yeah. Uh, he, he doesn't really do them, though, right? He doesn't do a lot of them. And uh, we, we were actually very close oh. to having him. Well, maybe after he hears this. <laughs> there you go. Tom, come on, man. Make it happen. So as far as booking guests, is there, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are people, but who's someone who you haven't been able to get yet, either because of availability or a guarantee that's too high or whatever it might be, who's like, you really want to have them? Oh, it, there's tons of them. Um, if you're asking, uh, you know, what artist out there I would love to have at the show, sure. which we haven't gotten, uh, Alex Ross. Sure. I would love to get Alex Ross in one of these days. He's got to be pricey. <laughs> Actually, he's not bad. He, he no? just doesn't like doing shows. Oh. So, uh, you know, we, we make the offer every year. So for the creators, is it the same type of deal with the guarantee or is, or is that different? With creators, it well, with artists, it's... There are the ones that are starting out that buy the tables, the independents that right. are just coming up. They're, they're working hard. So they're paying you they, to, they have, to rent, to have circuits. a table. Yeah, yep. they, they buy the tables. Um, and then there's the the well-known, the published ones. You're, you're getting up there. And, uh, you know, sometimes a deal could just be a comp table. Sometimes it could be a comp table in a hotel if they're coming in. Sometimes it could be a comp table, hotel, and travel. Okay. Sometimes it could be a comp table, hotel, and travel, and fee. Okay. It can get up there. So there's a there's a range. Sure. Right. Gotcha. It, it depends who, on who, who decides that? Does the, the artist or creator say, these are my demands? Or, yes. I mean, yeah, it, it's all- well, When we can... reach out, we'll say, well, you know, we'd love to have you here. What would it take? Mm. And we get, you know, it back- and then we go, yes or no. All right. So or we go, is there any wiggle room? Well, here's a question. You and your partner, let's say you're like, no, we got to get this person. And your partner goes, well, I don't know if it's worth it. How does the, the, the hammer drop on that one? I own 52%. There you go. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> yeah, 50-50 never works. No, I mean, you no. can't. You can't. So 52. No, when, when so that 2%, this, you're, you're the final say. Uh, yeah. I don't, I've never had to do it. Um but there is that veto power Just in that case. can be done. Well, that's gotcha. important. I think that um, is good. And also what we try to do is we bring a lot of this stuff. When, when we do have a disagreement, which you do, um, uh, especially on a, a lot of things, uh, we will bring it to the rest of our staff and we will put it to a vote. And I, I will say, I will go by whatever they say. And, and you honor that. I do, because every single time it's come back my way so far. Um, I don't know what'll happen if it doesn't if come back actually, my if way. If you lose, yeah. Right. Uh, oh, can I be there when that happens? I just want to watch. <laughs> yeah. No, Vito, sorry. You're all fired. No. <laughs> and then with vendors, they're just they're just buying space on the floor. Vendors just buy space, yes. Um, certain vendors we do give, uh, you know, space to, be it their family Something like that. Uh, Sal's brother is Metropolis Collectors sure. out of New York. Uh, to have Metropolis at any show is a major deal. So, of course, Vincent sets up at our shows. But it's also because we are a comic-centric show. We've had vendors that do almost $200,000 over two days. Um, that's, that, I mean, I don't have anything to compare that to, but that's Maybe right. I do need a fat, a fat moose booth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we we had an artist last year 
that was also set up at New York Comic Con that did more at our show than the first three days of New York Comic Con together. More in two days at your show? In two days wow. at our show than three days in it's New York. It's amazing. And now, that they, artist is? They surpassed us. <laughs> and uh, the artist is? <laughs> one of our big guests. Okay, we'll leave it at that. Every year that you may have a print of. <laughs> I love you, you know Dave. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I respect it. I would imagine that, you know, as a promoter, you right. know, obviously you don't want to be airing <laughs> these people's business. So No, I mean, no, I, yeah, I, I well, get that. I, I will air it if I know these people don't mind. But, right, right. Uh, also, you, you know, you, you never want to talk bad about another show either, or right. you know. You yeah, I don't think I don't here. think New York Comic Con has anything to worry about. No. <laughs> you, could New- talk, you could talk crap about them all day; they're still making all the money. <laughs> I was in awe the first time I went to New York Comic Con. Actually, it was New York Comic Con that I went. We got to do this in New Jersey. Um, I I still love going there every year until I get there. <laughs> because it's it's just too crowded. I can't. I'm I'm a cranky old man. I can't. I cannot it's, deal it's with a it. Lot. I as, yeah, it's, year, it's, it's a lot. I did it last year. It's a lot. As a fan, well, that was your first time. Nah, it was my fourth. Oh, right. was it? Well, your first time in in costume. Yes, I did cosplay. Oh, I took it easy. He's one though. of them. Matt, who, who I did Matt, Matt, Matt Murdock suit, <laughs> nice. suit okay. lawyer version. So uh, I wasn't. See that. I wasn't too crazy, but it was fun. It was. It was interesting. Like I could see why people do it and why they get so into it. Kind of going back to what you were saying before, like people, my wife went as Electra. It's like people were stopping us and asking to take photos. And right. it was this weird high of like, I yeah. mean, it's quite the ego boost. So you're, I got you're con why, famous. Yeah, it's like I get why people do it. And I, I think we'll do something more, you know, in the future. Cosplay is needed for Comic Cons. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, cosplay is an art form in itself. Um, you know, so, some of these people, you know, uh, you get complaints that they don't spend money, they don't do this, or they're self-involved, they just care about themselves. But, you know, they put a lot of time and effort into some of these costumes, and they love doing it. Uh, they're fans of the the characters, so why shouldn't they be allowed to do what they do? You know, let, let yeah. their freak fly out there. Follow up about the vendors. Um, do you have a cap on how many like pop dealers, for example? Like, is there a limit on how many of those you'll you'll take? And does that help with stores doing business? Because I imagine it'd be harder if you have a whole line of stores selling the same stuff. We do. Uh, we, we definitely do try to spread the, you know, right. This many craft, this many pop, this many comics, uh, comics more than anything else because comic show. Um, and, and we have gotten those complaints too. There are too many comics at your comic con. Oh, jeez! How dare you? Uh, that, that, that <laughs> you was, monster! That was a good one. Um, and other shows have gotten that too. I that's I can't even wrap my mind around that. It's yeah. a comic con, like celebration uh, of comics. Yes. Um, but no, it, we we do really watch that and who's coming in. I don't want to be the guy with the shower stall guy setting up at... Oh, yeah. yeah. And I, I don't want to be selling cars. Yeah, sometimes you do see some... Uh, you see some out off of the place. wall. Yeah, yeah, just, hey, aluminum siding. What? Why? Uh, yeah. And is this... Like, do you have a, a day job in addition to this? Or is this now your full-time gig? This is pretty much my full-time gig now. Now, I, I also own a pest control company. So I do have... Sure. Funds. Uh, but, uh, 
Yeah, it, the, the, with my time, I would dedicate. I'd probably dedicate about eighty percent of it towards this now. What's the biggest expense? Is it the fees, the appearance fees, or the uh, rental of the venue? When you say rental of the venue, are you talking just the venue? Because uh, you have tables, pipe that, and drape. Oh, that's uh, tablecloths. Yeah. I guess chairs. I'll, yeah, I guess let's put all of that together. Insurance, green room food. Yeah. Uh, Credit card machines, hotspots. Uh, well, these are all the things that people insurance you know take for granted when you go to a show. Like all these, all these pieces. Security. Uh, I, I can keep going. Yeah. Uh, there, there. It's a jigsaw puzzle. The amount of pieces that go into one of these. Right. Speaking of puzzle, you mentioned before about you know where where you're placing people on the floor. Um, and I would imagine part of that, like we were talking about, is you want to make sure you don't have vendors who are identical right next to each other. But then are there also personality clashes that you have to be oh, of mindful course. of? Yeah. There's quite a few of those, actually. Yeah. Uh, it, listen, a, a lot of these guys have been in the same industry for a long time. We're going to need some names, sir. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I try not to put no, anybody's know, laundry out there. Uh, look, I, I could hope, you know, yeah. that I could try. <laughs> It'd be uh, remiss if I didn't at least try. Well, you know. No, I, I'm not even going to do it. He was close. He was so close, Anthony. We, were we so almost close. had him. And, and it was going to be Sean that oh. I brought up. <laughs> so. How dare you? I'm a, a ray of sunshine. I was going to throw that right back at him. <laughs> On a completely unrelated note, uh, I know a number of the Power Rangers yes. make the rounds at these. The Green Ranger, Jason David Frank in particular. Have you had any of the Rangers? We had Jason David Frank two years ago come out to Garden State. Um, he was great with his fans. Uh, great guy with the fans. Uh, have nothing but nice things to say. Yeah, about him. with the fans. That, I, he's someone. Uh, I mean, I'm a huge Power Rangers fan, so that's that's some that's something that I think would be kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, he also comes into uh, Big Apple Con every year as well in New York City. Yeah. But he is one of those guys that can really get his fans revved up. Uh, when we had him out, I'll be honest. He did have the flu. Ah. So he did come all the way up for the show, and uh, he had to leave a couple hours early. But, uh, you know, no hard feelings. Um, he is actually... Remember when we were talking about guarantees and yep. all that kind of stuff? There was nothing. Uh, we just had to bring him in, and, and that was really nice of him. Because, you know, some of these guys, they know making right right their money and uh you know we're not even going to get into the money side because you know sure don't know if the irs (laughs) so but it's uh no he he was really good with the fans i was upset because he had to leave early and that that was nothing uh that that was just because you know he wasn't feeling well but uh i kind of felt bad because later on some fans did come in and he wasn't there. And who takes the hit for that? I do. Yeah. <laughs> so, but we'll have him back one day. Sure. Well, if you need anyone to moderate it, Jason David Frank. <laughs> oh, is he your favorite ranger? Yeah, I mean, you got to go Tommy, I think. I, I don't know. know. I, I'm not too familiar. I'm a little bit older than you, by which I mean a lot older than you. So Power Rangers wasn't really 
Yeah, you would have been. A, yeah, it, I don't want to say it would have been weird, but it would have been a little, a little unusual if you were. I watched if you were watching a few it. here or there. Yeah. It was Saturday morning, nursing a hangover kind of thing. I watched the X Men, watched a Tick, <laughs> watched the Power Rangers. You know. Sure. Okay, th- this is not politics <laughs> or anything, but I will say. I really don't like the power. Well, here's the thing. (laughs) You better hope Tommy doesn't hear that. I've tried watching it. Uh, I've tried, you know, bringing it up on Netflix. There's only 48 seasons to get caught up on. And I turn it on and I go, what? No. Well, let me say this. So they are all on Netflix now. And I've, I've gone down the Netflix hole a few times and I've watched a bunch of episodes and they're terrible. I mean, I, you know, I don't, I don't sit here and say, oh, it's a, you know, high work of art. I mean, they, they're not it's the best. It's brilliant. <laughs> but it's amazing. I mean, as a little kid, like it really, it really just captured my imagination. And so it holds a special place right. in that way. I do think the concept is really cool. And I, though I haven't read them yet, I've heard great things about the new comics that Boom has been putting out. Oh, dude, I'll hook you up after the podcast. So, oh, okay. Right on. I'll take care of you. But so, no, that's you. the thing. You know, you look back at some of your things from your childhood and you go, why was I watching this? This is horrible. Yeah. But then other things like the Batman animated series, it just keeps getting better. Yeah, sure. that holds up. Um, yeah. You know, I'll still go back and watch G.I. Joe every once in a while. And I go, okay, these are a little cheesy now, but. <laughs> it's like, what's some, what's, what are some of the crazy, funny, memorable interactions, stuff that's happened on the floor? Knock on wood, which I'm not allowed to do on this podcast because you told me I couldn't <laughs> knock on the table. Our listeners appreciate but, it. But um, Garden State Comic Fest, because of the staff that we have hired over the years, is so what uh, we have had no issues. Now, I've seen issues at other conventions. I've seen cosplayers fall downstairs, uh, fall down escalators. I've seen fights break out between two links from Legend of Zelda over <laughs> costumes. Um, I've seen some really nutty things, but at Garden State, for the most part, we've had no issues. That's no, that's great. I mean, and I know, uh, you know, safety is a big thing, right? You know? Um, so it sounds like you have a great, st- I mean, like how many staff people are, are there? Uh, the staff that we have, uh, on hand, I'd say there's about seven members and then we have our volunteers, right. which we thoroughly vet. So, yeah. What about just funny or otherwise memorable people you've met? Anything that like really stands out to you? It was like, oh, that was an amazing moment. Uh, mm. One of the most memorable personalities that I've met at some of these shows has got to be Little Grace. Uh, she's a cosplayer. She is th- four or five years old. Um and she actually got to the point where some of the podcasters and stuff started using her to do interviews for them nah. because she has that personality. Um, she's great at the shows. Uh, we've had Thomas D. Petrillo from Extreme Costumes out there. He brings in that Hulkbuster and the uh, Reinhardt. Yeah, it's I've like, seen that. It's amazing. It, it's like eight feet tall, you know, and uh, he poses with the fans. I love that kind of stuff. Um We've had some amazing cosplay. Uh, You know, the guests, the vendors. I try to, since we started doing this, it's it's work first, fan second now. So it's not as much fun. Mm -hmm. And uh, for me, because I'm there to work. And at the shows, you know... You don't get to interact as a fan. You, you got to step back and look at it differently. And, uh, you know, that kind of sucks. But, uh, 
Right, like as you're walking the floor, it's not so much oh, just taking in right. what happens to be out there. It's this is everybody where they need to be. Yeah, and, damage control. Mostly. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. and it's either A, somebody wants to take a picture or something, or B, somebody has a complaint. Right. Those are the only times somebody wants to talk to me at the show. So... But is that, a, I would imagine, I hope that it's outweighed by, you know, the access that you have to people and, and having it interactions. It is. Uh, the, the two things that I look for most at the show, okay, two things that are very important. I want to see smiles. It, it's like freaking Disney World, man. I want to see you smiling. I want to see the fans smiling. And I want to see bags in their hands. Because if they got bags, that means the vendors are doing good. And... uh it means they're having a great time. They're shopping. They're... We did good. And, and a lot of the artists, uh, you know, when, when we were getting into fees and stuff, uh, you know, a lot of the artists love doing Garden State because of the type of show it is. Uh, Tom Rainey, actually. Uh, My close personal friend, Tom Rainey. Yes. <laughs> I feel obligated to say that every time. Wait, Sean, do you know him? <laughs> I've met him twice, three times. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> Sorry, he's like he's like the coolest guy I know. I can't help but fanboy out when I see him. He's so. great. Tom yeah. is on the second half of this premiere right. episode. Everybody stay tuned for Tom Rainey. But he he told me uh, Garden State reminds him of a young Baltimore Comic Con when Baltimore was just starting to come together, and and Garden State is now actually starting to mature. It's like a teenager now. It's it's having its growth problems and it's everything full of pimples but, and... yeah but you know it, we're, we're working it through and uh but it's starting to be able to take care of itself which we love about it it's making it a lot easier are there any specific goals that you're working towards in terms of number of attendees or you know financial goals or things like that where you're like this is going to be a clear benchmark that i'm really going for those are business goals, business settings. Um, I don't even look to see how many tickets have sold. I don't want to know because going into the weekend, that could change my personality. Oh, okay. Because now I'm going, oh man, we didn't sell enough tickets. Oh, we're worried. You know, I'm going to lose 50 grand or what? I don't want to know that. I'd rather be miserable or happy afterwards. Right. Because that weekend, I want to be happy. I want to be there for everybody. Um, I'll, I'll worry about the money after. Uh, the money's not... If you do your job right, the money's there. No, oh, fair enough. Um, one thing I wanted to ask. So I know, uh, again, so you have three editions coming up, right? There's the Atlantic City, there's the Great Adventure, and then there's the traditional uh, Men in Marstown, Arena. Yes. Then you're also involved with another convention, C3? C3, Cosplay Collectible Con, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess, you know, is, do you ever feel like there's a risk of, of oversaturation? It's like, how do you know when you're ready to add another edition? Well, there's always oversaturation. I mean, there's more shows today than there's ever been. I mean, the, the market is just, it, it's saturated. It's the word that you can only use. Uh, shows are popping up all the time. We have a solid, diehard fan base and, you know, we've earned it by being there for them and being honest with them since the very beginning. So, you know, pe people keep asking me to run more garden states for them. And, you know, I, I don't want to do too many, but, uh, you know, we, we figure one in North Jersey, Central and South Jersey 
you know, we got the state covered. We're good. Right. Um, we may open one in another state, but there, there won't be any more in New Jersey. The, these will be the additions. One thing I was, I was curious about, uh, and just in terms of feedback from the people who attend your shows, have there been any specific things that you've heard from fans that then you incorporated into future shows? Like whether they were looking for more of something or less of something or something like that? If you can reach out to me uh, via Facebook, via email, anything, and ask me a good, educated question, I will answer it. Uh, and I will tell you why we cannot or why we can. And I have made business decisions on fans reaching out saying, I want so-and-so, I want to do this. Uh, I'd love to see this. And I sit back and I go, you know, that makes a lot of sense. Why didn't we never thought of that? And we, we do put that into effect with garden state. Now, of course you get you know, pe people that just, this was bad. Right. Why was this bad? Hmm. It was bad. But why? Yeah, Sean, be more specific. Right. What? No, I love everything. <laughs> How dare you, sir? <laughs> and, and that's that's an issue, too. Uh, it, it, as long as you can really sit down. I, I'll never, I'm not one of those people that are going to go, oh, well, you hated Garden State. Be gone. You know, I, I never want to talk to you again. You're banned forever. No. Yeah. Well, before it, the only way I can improve is if you tell me what was wrong. Right. Well, before we sat down to record, we had alternate realities legend, rich friendship and fun, Roni in the I house. I like Rich. He's right. a good dude. We were all good hanging guy. out, and you guys were chatting, and you specifically asked him because he's been to uh, the show in the past, and you asked him what you like, what didn't you like. Right. So, I mean, I I saw that in person, and there were no mics at that point. <laughs> no, it, and I do that with everybody. Uh, you know, people come up and say I love the show. I go, great. What didn't you like? Because the only way I can make it better is if you tell me what you do not like. And, uh, you know, sometimes you will get, well, I had to wait in line. Yeah, I try to get rid of lines, but you can't get rid of all. So we've been talking for uh, about an hour and a half. Wow. Yeah, time just flies, right? When you're podcasting? Yeah. Uh, so as we wind down here, uh, is there anything else that you want to say about the the running of the show? I know we got into a lot, but is there anything that, that we didn't get to that you wanted to share? Well, now that I'm thinking back... I can say I thought of two incidents when you asked me earlier. Sure, yes. We had uh, two times someone has tried to steal something. Oh. From our now, theft is huge at conventions because there's so many people. People are moving. We have some of the best security in place at our shows because we do have millions and millions and millions of dollars on those show floors. Um, we've had it twice. Somebody tried to steal and both times they never got more than like 15 feet. They, they were out. Well, what, what did they try to steal? Uh, one was a Harley Quinn statue and like, like it was stupid too. It was like 20 bucks. Yeah. Something. It was like nothing of, it wasn't like an amazing fantasy 15. No, <laughs> no, it, it, no. You go for a vinyl Harley Quinn. Yeah. If you're going to try, uh, it's like go big or go Yeah. Home. Yeah. If you're going to exactly. steal, like, you go, yeah. Th there's an action one in the other room. Come on. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, that, and I think it was an, 
San Diego Comic Con Iron Man. Or yeah, something. I'm sorry about that, dude. I just really wanted it, <laughs> yeah. and it was right there. It was right there. I, I felt bad, and you know, it, you didn't have to tase me that much, though. I mean, do you really? call the police or you just kick them out? The police are there. Yeah, there right. are security, right. um, and I also do not like handling it quiet. <laughs> Make an example out of them. Oh, I like the shame walk from Game of Thrones. They go right <laughs> through the middle Wait, of Wait, you stripped them naked? No, not naked, but I... <laughs> it's a family-friendly show. I, yeah, I was going to say, I did not see that on YouTube. Handcuffed cops right through the aisles. Yeah. And then sit out front and pull the car around slow. Well, that's when you should also hold the product there and be like, this happened because of this? It, this, this is what you were trying to say? If I could have a nun and a bell... Follow them out the door. No, you should get Father Evil. <laughs> just, just shame them on the way. Sinner, sinner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I guess one of the last things I would ask then, um, you know, obviously you've been doing this for a few years now. You've yeah. expanded now multiple times. You know, if if someone were to come to you and say, "Hey, I'm thinking of starting my convention," I know there's probably a lot that you could tell them. But is there any anything in particular where it's like you you got to keep this in mind? The most important thing, show up, answer your emails, talk to the fans, be, be nice. So many promoters out there, you won't see them at other shows. You, you won't see them talking to fans. It'll be like, here's my card to you, you know, and, and that's, I don't know. I, I guess this is why I feel Garden State has a different feel than a lot of shows out there. I don't know if you agree with me on that or no, not. No, I, 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 no, no, I'm sorry. I didn't realize you were looking at me. Sorry. I was Dead gazing, silent. I was yeah. gazing off into the distance. Um, yeah, you suck. No, Just, I agree. Let's this. No, listen, like I said, it's the only show I go to anymore. Right. Because it's the most satisfying, it's the most rewarding. It feels like a real Comic Con. Right. It's, it's, and you get a purple bag. I mean, what the hell? What's better than that? Hey, you know. <laughs> but no, seriously, Dave, man. I, I can't imagine what the hell you have to deal with on a daily basis. It's enough it's, to run one con. You're running three and, and four. Fo and well, four if you count those weirdo cosplayers. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> hey, it's but, still a con. Oh, yeah. I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine how, how the hell you pull it off. I admire it. I love it. it. I admire it, but I also think there may be something very wrong with you. I love doing it. Uh, I don't know if it's the accolades and everything that oh, comes yeah. with it, but it, no, it, I just love doing it. What's the first thing you do when a show is done? Go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually. The, I mean, well, that makes sense. No, <laughs> believe it or not, the first thing that I do, uh, so Sunday, it's all over, the doors are locked, everybody's out, you pack up everything, you get home. First thing I do, I spend about, I don't go to bed till Monday morning because I am trying to pull every single photo I can off of social media that was taken at that convention so I can build a, uh, and then blast it back out. Huh. Um, but that is the most important thing. I, I look to see what people have written about it, what they've said about it, uh, what they enjoyed, see if anybody goes, oh, this sucked, I wasted my money. You know, then I can reach out to them and say, hey, I'm sorry. Let, let me fix this for you. You know, I'll buy you a hot dog. I, I don't know. But, uh, which we did offer one guy once. 
But uh, did he accept the hot dog? No, he did not. Ah, what he, a jerk! He, he stomped and left. But no, it, it, what's really important is to you know see the reviews that go up. Then I go on vacation. Where do you go? I usually go to Florida for a week. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that's like much a beach needed. Beach whale. I float around, and it's <laughs> usually like a first week of September. Cool. Well, is there anything else that either of you wanted to say? No. <laughs> no, I think we covered a lot of ground. And I know you're probably going to edit the crap out of most of this. <laughs> no, I don't I don't think so. I mean, you know, it's it's funny cuz I mean, I love talking to the comic shop retailers. I love it. But you know, I have that experience. So a lot of what we talk about I'm already familiar with. This is especially interesting to me to get that behind the scenes insight into what goes on in running a show because again, I don't have that. So, well, Dave, thank you so much for uh, sharing your insight with oh, us. Thank you. I hope I did okay. You know. I had a great time. I, I hope listeners enjoyed. Uh, and for all those listeners, uh, I encourage them to attend uh, any or all of, of the Garden State. Garden State. All of them. We have Atlantic City, April 7th and 8th. Right. We have Great Adventure, May 27th. Right. And we have the uh, the classic Men in Arena edition, uh, July 7th and 8th. In Morristown, yes. Terrific. I hope to be able to make it uh, to the Morristown one. I'm really going to okay. try for that one. I'd love to see this in person. Well, all that, uh, you can find all the information at gscomicfest.com um, or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I hear I have to open a Vero or something. No, that's that a failing platform. By the time this airs, it's that might be gone. <laughs> you can find them on Grinder. You can find them on. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, one of the worst was. Uh, oh, there's more. When we first opened up the website, I don't know what happened with GoDaddy or something, but that there was a problem with something in it where we, we did go to an Asian porn site. Oh. Yeah. By accident. <laughs> well, we bought up some other names and stuff, you know, you know, to forward right. it in. And, uh, yeah, one, one day I, I got an email and they're like, you know, this goes to Asian porn. I was like, what? No. <laughs> yeah, I, I put it in. I'm like, oh my God. So, uh, yeah, we, we don't use So much that for that family friendly show. <laughs> family friendly. It's like heroin and Asian porn yes. combined. The Garden State Comic Fest. <laughs> Oh, it was bad. It's a good uh, thing Sal wasn't here. Oh, Sal would have had a heart attack an hour ago. Hey, I've been very reserved, too. Um, we have to do a part two at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'd love to have you back I'd, at some point. Hey, I'd love to come back. Yeah, I hope you had a good time. I did, and I normally don't. <laughs> Doing these. I, I, huh. I really hate these. And th I this was fun. I hate everything about life. <laughs> yeah. This was okay. Th this was fun. Well, we try to keep it fun. Thank um, you. So thank you, Sean. Thank you, thank you for Anthony, being part of this. Yeah, no problem, man. Thank you so much, and for hosting us here at Fat Moose Comics. Got nothing better to do. <laughs> Which is an awesome store. In thank New yes, I will yes, say preach. That. <laughs> I, I will say that this is one thank of my favorite guys. shops. You know what? I spent the afternoon here uh, recording and hanging out with Retroni and with you guys and and, and our our uh, audience here as well. And uh, no, it was a great time. I've said this before, but it reminds me a lot of the vibe that we used to have at the late great alternate reality. So uh, it, it was a pleasure to be here. You're well, welcome anytime, sir. Next time we do this, let's bring in a live audience and do a Q&A. We could totally do and that. And have them come in. We have the Almost like footage. a panel. We, we could do that. That would be great. I'd and, love it. And I would love to do it for cool. you. Cool. Awesome. High fives. And we'll get Tom Rainey in here to do it. <laughs> My close personal friend, Tom Rainey. <laughs> Speaking of Tom Rainey. <laughs> 
So uh, the premiere is not over. This is a supersized premiere. In a moment, I'm going to queue up my conversation with Tom Rainey and talk about the creator perspective on these shows. So hopefully people will enjoy that. And then premiere week continues tomorrow and Friday. Tomorrow I'll be releasing a uh, creator special recorded live at Aw Yeah Comics featuring uh, Wonder Woman and Paper Girls artist Cliff Chang and Headlocked creator Michael Kingston. And then on Friday, I'll be releasing the Book Club episode recorded live at ZapCon featuring you, Sean. Yeah, as we I'm dis- back. That's right. You as can't, we discuss, You can't get rid of me now, sir. No, no. I, I wouldn't want to. <laughs> and uh, we'll be discussing Batman White Knight. So it's yes. a three-day premiere week. Hope you enjoy. And as always, don't be a flat squirrel. And we're back. The My Comic Shop History Season 4 premiere continues with a conversation featuring comic book creator Tom Rainey, whose work you've seen in the pages of Stormwatch, Outsiders, and much more. Tom, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for taking the time to do this. Uh, It's funny. So Sean uh, Hendricks of Fat Moose Comics, who was part of the first half of this premiere, uh, he gave me a call a couple months ago. He was really excited. He's like, Tom Rainey's one of our customers. I told him about the podcast. And, uh, you know, he's interested in doing it. So you should send him a message. And I did. And uh, and here we are. <laughs> All right. Uh, so how long have you been coming to Fat Moose? Uh, it's been a while. Um, I, I guess I'd round it off probably around two years. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I mentioned a couple of, of the series that people might know you from. Uh, when, when Sean mentioned you to me, the first thing that came to my mind was Outsiders, which was a run that I enjoyed very much. Ah. It was kind of scary to me as I was doing my prep for today. And I realized that run started in 2003. Because in my head, I always think of it as, oh, it was like a few years ago. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask. I mean, I know it's been a while, but looking back on it now, uh, you know, what stands out to you about that run, either from, you know, a creative standpoint or, uh, you know, working with the writer, whatever, you know, whatever it might be? Uh, geez, it was, you know, it was kind of a hectic time. You know, we were all, you know, running, you know, to keep up with things. Um, I went through some changes um, stylistically. Uh, yeah, you know, my anchor had been uh, under contract over at Marvel shortly after we started working, so I needed to shift gears for the direction I was going with for it. And um, we kind of accidentally ended up printing a cover in pencil. Uh, we had done that just to get it out for previews, and then I inked it up, and it was recolored, and the whole nine yards. And they just never swapped the file out when it went to print. <laughs> and it printed just fine. So uh, rather than... Uh, looking for a new anchor because uh, it takes me a while to get comfortable with somebody. Uh, we decided to just try it out, and that kind of morphed into uh, something very different. You know, the uh, the fir- that first cover uh, looked much more like pencils that had been inked, right, and, and colored. And as I got going on the book, you know, just working in pencil, it ended up being much more tonal. Um, you know, no ink at all on it, and. Uh, you know, it created a different look for it. So that was that was interesting. I had fun doing it, but it was very time consuming. <laughs> yeah, I remember reading about that. Have you continued to utilize that, or have you gone back to a more traditional pencil um, and ink? Method? I have here and there, but um, mostly I work in you know just ink. Gotcha. Well, it's funny. So, uh, like I said, I was a fan of that run, though at the time. I was a little upset because I was a huge fan of Young Justice and that mm-hmm. book and Titans were canceled to give way to the new Teen Titans and Outsiders. So yeah. I was very sad to see that book go. Uh, I was a big fan of that. But uh, like I said, I really enjoyed both Teen Titans um, and Outsiders. Uh, and how long did you stick around on, on Outsiders? Uh, geez, maybe about a year, you know, maybe a little longer, a little less. Right. <laughs> I don't have the best memory. <laughs> 
So, but no, that's really cool. Well, the other thing that I came across in my prep was a profile of you that I ran in the New York Times. It was actually written by a friend of mine, George Gusinas. Oh, George, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what was that experience like? Being, I mean, being in the Times, not every creator gets that kind of coverage. It's yeah, very it's, cool. It, it's odd. <laughs> uh, I'm still in touch with George through uh, Facebook and Great. such. And, uh, you know, nice guy. He was very flattering <laughs> in, in the article. Um, it, it, it's weird. You know, it seems, you know, kind of surreal. I just sit at home and, you know, I draw. You know, it doesn't feel like anything odd to me, although looking at how other people live their life, I realize it's, you know, it's a little strange for people, but, um, being written up in, you know, something like the times, you know, it's, it's strange. Yeah, no, I mean, that yeah. that's very cool. I mean, to have that level of exposure, um, you know, and, and in mainstream press like that, did you find that created new opportunities for you on the, in the industry or did it not have as like much uh, of a measurable I effect? I don't think it had much of an effect, uh, in that way. Um, for a while afterwards, I had run into people that read the article, you know, they'd show up and stuff, but the, you know, the convention scene wasn't quite the way it is now. So, um, you know, it wasn't as frequent. Right. Well, that's a perfect segue. And yeah. and kind of going back to what you were just saying about how, you know, normally you're, you know, at home alone. So, you know, it can be yeah. kind of an isolating process. And then you go to these conventions and it's the opposite. You have sensory overload, you know, all yeah. these people. Yeah. Uh, so that was really, you know, the main thing that I wanted to chat with you about is, is your convention experience. Uh, so when did you start going to conventions? Was it at first as a fan or was it as a creator initially? Um, I, I guess the first ones I went to were, you know, just as a fan. Uh, they're small, you know hotel shows okay uh the uh, fred greenberg uh, oh, sure here in new jersey he ran uh shows monthly i think i used to just go to one in wayne which wasn't far from where i was so some friends of mine and i would get in a car and go over and, right and so what and, time period was this roughly um mid 80s okay yeah so smaller shows was there any yeah, creator yeah, presence was, or yeah, they were one, all dealers? one room it was it was mostly just dealers um uh i think uh, Dave Cochran was there uh, once. I think he was the. F I think he might have been the first um, actual comic artist I ever met. Okay, uh, it was very nice. You yeah, know, what was, was that interaction was like? Um, it, very, very little. You know, he was just. You know, he he was doing the Futurians at the time, um, so he was you know selling that book. Yeah, so I went and I picked that up. And got signed, talked to him for a couple minutes, and that was it. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I want to, you know, I really want to shift and get into your experience at conventions from the standpoint of a creator. So uh, a previous guest I've had on the show before, Greg Shegel, uh, he does Picks, which is, is now at Image Comics. Uh, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but he described the experience uh, as a creator attending conventions. He used a sports analogy. He said, it's like you're in the middle of a football game and they call a timeout and then you go, you know, run sprints. Um, I mean, what has the experience been like? Is that something you identify with? Um... Yeah, it's um, to a certain extent. Yeah, it's uh, you, you get the highs and lows all day long. Certain points of the day, it is really hectic. Yeah, I don't tend to get you know lines of you know fifty people going, but I get a, a good amount. Um, I do a lot of sketching, a lot of signing, you know that type of thing. To me, it it, it kind of feels like uh, like performance art. <laughs> it's become a, a different part of the industry. You know, where where it was just sitting at home and drawing, send your stuff through the mail, and that was it. You know, we don't even do the through the mail now, so it's even less interaction. You know, and right. with, with real people. <laughs> I, mean, I can do my whole book and never see another person other than my wife. So, <laughs> right? Yeah, no, I mean yeah. that that is very true. Uh, so how how big a part of of your career have, have conventions been? I mean, how regularly are you attending? Um, 
I guess maybe five or six years back, it started becoming a real big thing. You know, I'd been doing a couple a year, you know, you know, every year I'd do Baltimore, I'd do uh, New York when that started up, uh, Philly when uh, Wizard came in and did that. I was doing that for a long time. I guess maybe four or five years ago, maybe a little longer, started doing more. I got a buddy who likes to set things up, so he sets up shows for me and, you know, and I go. Gets me to go to different places I haven't been, you know, and that's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. so like what are some of the shows that you've, that you've been to over these past few years? Uh, let's see. Well, it's Baltimore. I go to Heroes uh, pretty regularly. Uh, went down to uh, Florida for uh, Orlando. Went to Edinburgh. Bunch up in Canada. Went to Brazil. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, when I, when I got into this, I always kind of figured, you know, the whole job would be just sitting at home and drawing and never expected it would bring me to places, you know, like that. And uh, it's it's a nice park. It's you know you're working the whole time you're there, but you know you're seeing something else. You're meeting different people. Uh, it, it's good to see how different and similar people are all around the world. Oh, that's so. interesting. Yeah, what are the, what are what are some of those universal things that you you find uh, no matter where you go? You know, most of the people that I've run in is, into a shows they're they're all very friendly. You know, we're all into the same stuff. You know, so you've all got. We've all got that kind of um, uh, set of experiences that you, that we've shared. You know, the same kind of movies, the same kind of comics, you know, same kind of music. A lot of the time, uh, you know, that that all seems to be pretty universal. And it seems most people they want to have that kind of connection. You know, they want to you know find somebody that they get along with. It's easy to you know get sidetracked with everybody's you know bad <laughs> when all you're seeing is Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, yeah, that's true. I think I know when you, you know, some of the negativity that you might encounter online, it sometimes can make you feel like, oh my, like that's how everybody feels. <laughs> and then, yeah. you know, you, you, it's so, so different when you're in person. Yeah. Yeah. You get out there and you, you realize, you know, most people, they aren't like that. It's easy to argue when there's somebody in front of you. <laughs> right. Very, yeah, very, yeah. very true. Yeah. So what was that experience like the first time that you were on the other side of the table? And instead of you waiting in line to go up to people, you had people waiting to see you. It was weird. It's yeah. still weird. Um, I don't. I don't look at myself as you know so many people rush out to see or anything like that. Um, so it's it, it's strange. You know, it, uh, I, I can see it um, giving someone a big head. Um, I'm not that type of person, so thankfully. <laughs> but I can see how it can easily go that direction. Uh, it, it, it's a strange thing. You know, having somebody on, you know, come to you because of something that you do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, yeah. I, I can imagine that must be kind of surreal, especially initially. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a doctor. I'm not, you know, I'm not even, I'm not a mechanic, <laughs> you know, that's providing, you know, services that, you know, that actually help their lives. But, you know, every once in a while you find out that, you know, little things that you've done have, you know, I've, uh, you know, met people over the years that, you know, they started reading partially because of books that I, was, I drew or, you know, they, they didn't go out and get in trouble, you know, like most of the other kids that they knew because they were at home reading the books that I drew. You know, it's, uh, it's touching. That must be very gratifying. Yeah. To, yeah. to hear that you made that kind of impact on somebody. Yeah. Very cool. So, yeah. uh, when people come up to you at these tables, what, um, what are the, the books that they're, that they're typically referencing most often that you've done? It runs a gamut. You know, I've, I've, I've jumped around a lot. <laughs> 
Uh, I get a lot of X-Men. I get a lot of Thor. Um, Outsiders always comes up. Uh, Stormwatch. Stormwatch did a, has a lot of people coming up. Sure. Um, which always surprises me. I would have thought by this time I would have met everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, well, it's funny, and through you know trade paperback collections and digital now too. Yeah. I mean, you have There's people who new. are coming back to it. Yeah. Uh, so you do sketches at your table. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It tends to keep me busy. Yeah. So what do you do? Uh, head sketches, full bodies, both. What do you? Uh, what do you depends do? on the show. Um, I usually give options for you know that run the gamut, uh, from head sketches to full color pieces. Uh, depends on what people you know want to pay, what they want, what they're looking for, right? Um, and what kind of time we've got at the show. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so what, if you don't mind me asking, what, what sort of prices do you charge for what you do? Um, yeah, the, the cheapest I do are, you know, about 20 bucks. They're just gotcha. really quick. Um, and they can go up to a couple hundred bucks, you know, for a, uh, a piece at a show. Cool. What, what are the characters that are requested from you most often? I get a lot of Wolverine. Okay. <laughs> uh, I get a bunch of the Hulk, uh, a lot of Thor. I, I get a pretty wide variety. Yeah, I think because I've jumped around an awful lot, you yeah. know, that, that uh, lends to that. Are there any characters that you, you've just had enough of drawing and you'd be happy if you never got a request from them? Or no? Nah, nah. You know, I'm, uh, you know I find it flattering people are want it, that people want to pay me to draw for them. Yeah, so, yeah, and I just enjoy drawing. Does anyone ever give you the option? Like Every for, once in a while, yeah. yeah. And when that yeah. happens, who do you, who do you go for? If they've got no clue at all, um, I usually default to probably Wolverine or the Hulk. Yeah, right. Yeah, I've got, I've got them pretty locked down. Yeah, no, I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, any really oddball requests? Um, I guess probably personal characters. You know, characters that people have come up on their own. Oh, really? You get yeah. that? Yeah, every once in a while. So they'll bring something that they've drawn, and they want you. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. My interpretation. Yeah. Oh, interesting. W yeah. Will you do that? Yeah. 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 Um, you know, not for print. But <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, because, you know, sketch is not quite the same as, you know, something I do for print. What are the differences? Uh, it's a little looser. Um, you know, I've got to move a lot more quickly at a show than I have to move at home. So, you know, it's a little less precise. That's cool. And are people generally happy with, with what, because I know, you know, when I've, yeah. we've talked about when I've had other creators on past episodes, you know, that's something we've talked about and I've spoken with art collectors and with creators. It's like, what do you do if, you know, what, what you get back isn't what you were looking for. Generally, generally we've had. Um, yeah, for the most part, that. it's probably 90, 95% of the time, you know, they seem to be happy. Um, I've had one or two that people are kind of like, eh. and one guy that just I didn't like it, huh. <laughs> um, which was funny because um, it was a piece I, I was having fun with. So I ended up doing a lot more on it than I normally would for, you know, for what he had paid for. Um, I mean, went way above <laughs> and he just didn't care for it. Huh. But that's fine. I just, I threw it in a portfolio and sold it the next show. So. Yeah. So like in the case of something like that, you'll just, you'll just hang on to it and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if they isn't, if he doesn't like it, he doesn't like it. Yeah. You know? Uh, I'm not going to get upset about that. Yeah, everybody's got their own tastes. Right. So most of the people coming up to your table, is it for sketches or do you get plenty of people who just come up just to say hello and or get something signed? Uh, it's a good mix. Yeah. Um, you know, the sketches keep me busy all day long, but um, but uh, I probably have more people coming up for signing and just to talk. You know, sometimes they want to talk about the books I've worked on, you know, the people I've worked with. Uh, sometimes they just want to talk about Whatever's going on. 
Well, I think about how, you know, now uh, fans have much more access to creators than they used to just through social media. Oh, yeah. Um, but it seems like, I mean, have you noticed any any drop off in terms of people coming up just looking to talk because they have this other opportunity to um, interact or not so much? I think I think I actually see more people come up and talk because of it, um, because, okay. you know, online they've got that access. Um, I think it's easier to kind of prep a certain degree of comfort beforehand. Um, if you're already used to kind of talking to people, you know, it's, it's just a shift of where you're talking. That's a, yeah. that's an excellent point. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, and what about, um, just interactions with fellow creators? Do you find you're often with the same group or is it always a different, um, different mix? I, I've got some buddies that, you know, we try to get our, our seats around each other. Yeah. You know, it, who, uh, who it, it keeps it uh, comfortable. Um, Mike McCone, uh, Matthew Clark, sure. uh, Jim Calfiore, um, yeah, a bunch of guys. <laughs> yeah. No, that's very cool. Yeah, it depends on the show. You know, whoever's there, you, you're just trying to surround yourself with people that uh, that you're happy being around, you're comfortable with. And for you, I mean, how much is networking a part of, of what you're doing when you're at conventions? I mean, is that any, like, where you're looking to get in front of, of editors and publishers or fellow uh, creators? I'm awful or? at that, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've just never been good at networking at all. Um, if they want to talk, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd, I'd much rather work with people I get along with. Um, and for pretty much my whole career, I've been lucky with that. Yeah, I think I've had maybe two people that, that I had a problem with, and, and it was minimal. So uh, you said, you know, a few years ago, you started going to more shows. So in a, in a year, so we're in early 2018, so mm -hmm. like 2017, how many shows did you attend roughly? Um, last year, I think it was 12, 15, something like that. That's a, that's a solid number. Yeah. It's, it's probably a little too many. <laughs> that, yeah. But it's hard to say no, especially when it's uh, places that, you know, that you haven't been before. Um, had a trip uh, down to Australia last year. Oh, wow. Um, I've been once before with the same people. So it was uh, kind of like going home to things. They're just great. Oh, that's really neat. That's, uh, a, that's a long flight, right? Yeah, it's, it's a huge flight. And uh, the first time I went, we were just there for a couple of days. Um, but this time we were down for a, uh, a week and a half because uh, it, was, it was a two-show thing. Uh, so got to see an awful lot more. Right. So when you say that it might be too many shows, I mean, what, like, is it, why is it too many? Um, well, you know, it's, uh, it's more difficult to keep on top of your work when you're, when you're running every other weekend. But no, I think about that. I mean, for any creator, it's time away, but especially for an artist where, you know, I mean, I mean how fast are you? Like a page a day? Uh, well, depending on, you know, what it is. Right, right. Um, yeah, it can be a, a page a day. Uh, I can be two pages a day, but gotcha. two pages, I'm generally not too happy with it. Okay. <laughs> Page a day, I'm, I'm okay with it. Um, lately, it's been a little slower than that. But yeah, I mean, if you go to a weekend show, I mean, that's a few pages that you're, you know, behind, yeah. you know? So, I mean, I can see yeah. how that could, you know, that can add up. So for these shows, uh, the ones that you've attended, are, are these all shows that you've been invited to and they're, they're bringing you there? Or are, are there shows where um, you're like paying for a table in Artist Alley? Uh, for the most part, um, uh, New York's the only one that I actually pay for a table for. Gotcha. Uh, but that's because, yeah, everybody does. Um, and and it always works out well for me. So if it didn't, I wouldn't do it. Right. But um, and it's in my backyard, so it's kind of sure, hard. Yeah. Kind of hard not to. 
Um, but every other show, it's, um, yeah, at the very least, I'm getting a free table. 98% of the shows, they're flying me in, putting me up. Oh, that's, I mean, yeah, no, that's great. And then that you know, yeah. obviously makes it more worthwhile for you. And then um, are there any shows, and you don't have to name them, but any shows where you've had to turn them down because you've, I don't know, maybe looked into them and didn't think it would be worthwhile for whatever reason? Um, maybe one or two. Um, not a whole lot of them. Right. Uh, there are a lot of shows. It's more often than not that I have to turn stuff down because I'm already uh, too busy that month or, or, or that weekend I'm already booked. Right. So, yeah, no, I mean, I know there's so, there's so many. Well, I guess maybe that would be my next question is how do you, I mean, how do you kind of, uh, budget your, your time and your travel schedule? I mean, how do you pinpoint which ones are going to be the most um, worthwhile for you? Largely, um, where it is, um, and who's running it. Um, if it's a place that I haven't been, um, I'm likely to say yes. <laughs> Yeah, give it a shot. Yeah. 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 Um, and, uh, and if it's run by people that I know, you know, I'm likely to say yes, no matter what. Yeah. I would imagine after all this time that you've been doing it, you know, you have certain relationships and you, you know, you know what you're getting with certain yeah. promoters. Um, kind of on that note. So from your perspective as a creator, I mean, what makes for a good, well-run show that's going to be worthwhile for you? Like what are the, what are the things that an organizer can do that, that make it easier for you? Um, just make sure things run smoothly, you know, table set up nicely, uh, traffic flows good, you know, that type of thing. Um, you know, hotels close, <laughs> uh, if they're, if they're picking up food, even better. So the other piece of this season premiere episode featured, uh, Dave O'Hare who runs, uh, Garden State Comic Fest. That's a show mm. that you've attended. Oh yeah. Yeah. Dave's great. Anything about those shows in particular that, that have stood out to you? as maybe distinct from other ones that you've gone to in any way? Um, they all kind of blend together. <laughs> uh, there, there are certain things that, you know, just, just work. So everybody does it, you know, from, from how they, uh, you know, set up the floor to how they advertise to how they, uh, just run things. Um, the differences between shows are, you know, when you, when you actually see the people running the show and they come over or you see that, what they're doing all day long. Um, you know, it's that kind of interaction that kind of sets them apart. Right. Cool. Uh, well, as we wind down here, is there anything else that, uh, that you, you wanted to mention? Anything that we didn't get to? Not that I can think of offhand. Well, for people who, uh, <laughs> want to follow you and your work. Uh, so what, what are you working on now? Where can people, uh, see your, your work on the shelves? Okay. Uh, right now I'm working on, uh, Dread Gods with, uh, Ron Mars, uh, formerly of, uh, you know, Green Lantern and Silver Surfer and practically everything else at one point <laughs> or another. Um, we're working with uh, Bart Sears and Andy Smith um, over at Omnis Press, uh, Bart's company from 20 years ago, reimagined and uh, revitalized. Uh, and we're being distributed through IDW. You can find us uh, on the shelves right now. Very cool. And then where can people follow you online? Uh, I'm on Twitter uh, under Tom Ranney underscore art and i'm on facebook under my name right, very cool I, once again thank you very much uh, for taking the time to do this today all right thanks for having me of course and to our listeners thank you for tuning in once again premiere week continues tomorrow and friday and then we'll be back with another all-new episode in two weeks until then don't be a flat squirrel <laughs> <laughs>